these airwaves. My name is Casey Steve, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk Station 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. This is Citizen Watch. Come on. As you were said. Went on. favorite little community on the west side that's right bringing in the cheese literally gustine all of our friends out there can't wait for festa season boy what a year it was this year so much fun if you've never been to a portuguese festa well you're you haven't been you need to go hey here we are saturday morning and we've made it believe it or not we've made it to the end of the year almost it's December, that's right, December 2nd, 2023. I tell you, 2024 is just around the corner. It is moving. Let's do something here. we got to minimize this. You know, Dave Luna has a staff. This guy graciously allows me in the studio when he's not here. Uh, he's uh, <laughs> very nice to uh, all of us here, as long as we don't... Uh, as long as we say Mr. Luna whenever we address him. And if you want to uh, hear more, Dave, later today, 5 o'clock, 5 to 6. You know, he has a busy schedule. Hour at a time. 5 to 6, cruising with the big kahuna. If you can afford petrol, diesel, diesel is really ho-chihuahua. Eee. I remember when it was $5 a gallon, I thought it was high. Now, that's like, where can you get it for 5 It's just amazing. But north and south of here, traveling on the freeway, let me just give you hope. It's cheaper. Yeah, we're in the what? We're in an island? Uh, I, don't, I don't understand that. Anyway, uh, cruising with the big kahuna later today, playing the oldies, spinning the oldies. And if you ever, I think there's a number to call in. He makes me come in and do all the commercials live. You may not realize that. Anyway, here we are. So many things going on again. Thanksgiving, coming off of the Thanksgiving holiday. The holidays, man, the tryptophan. No problem falling asleep after the Thanksgiving meal I had. I hope everybody had as wonderful a time as I did. And it was just wonderful out there seeing all the people out and about. COVID's over. It's over. People digging into the nuts, the uh, the stuffing, the gravy. There was no no mass. You know, you're trying to crowd in a, a table of, uh, you know, 12 people at a table that should seat maybe four. But it was a lot of fun getting uh, together with family and friends. Because isn't that what it's all about? It's this—it's that time of year. If you haven't noticed, uh, yesterday, last night, was the Atwater Christmas Parade. Old Town Atwater throwing on a beautiful, beautiful event. Never disappointed there at the Atwater Christmas Parades in the past. Just, it's amazing how many people come downtown to Atwater. They could come a little earlier. I'll tell you the traffic. Ichiwawa. And it was uh, it was butt to nuts there. It was there was lots of people, lots of people on the sidewalk, uh, three or four deep. Had to scoot them back from the curb. It was just the the, uh, the children, uh, the parents, everybody it was a magical, magical evening. Sixty seven entries, I think, and I should know because I was uh, you know honored to be asked to help announce 
uh, down at the 3rd and Broadway location, which was just packed. The intersection was packed all the way down in the Bloss House, I believe. Uh, started down there on with Bellevue, uh, Broadway, uh, where it runs in there. It's just unbelievable uh, the amount of floats, uh, the bands, uh, the young people, the old people, everybody. It was just, it was just a wonderful, wonderful time, a magical time of year. Uh, Christmas, and sometimes we get a little ahead of ourselves, uh, world events, those type of things. It's easy to do when you see what's going on around us, uh, even in our own community. But it's nice to see the fellowship and the togetherness that this time of year brings. Plus, the cold weather, everybody was trying to huddle together to keep warm. It was chilly. Woo! It was chilly. And then, of course, today, not to be outdone, the city of Merced is having their annual Christmas uh, festivities parade, tree lighting, all of that good stuff's going on today. Down there, uh, the epicenter is Bob Hart Square. Of course, that's where the tree is. I think this, you know, I'm, uh, I don't know what the over under is that all the lights will work this year, but I'm, I'm hoping uh, that they get them all plugged in. Might check the GFI. I don't know. Anyway, that's happening today. And again, I have been honored uh, to be asked, at least at this point, they may ask me not now, to uh, announce down at the, uh, what would end of town with that? I guess, you know, Main Street one, runs the, uh, the one way. I'm at the, I'm at the end of the parade. They put me at the end. I think that's a good, that's a good spot. Anyway, it, uh, down there by High Fire, the winery, the wine uh, bar there, across from uh, what is it, across from the uh, the car dealership there, down by the Hotel Tioga. So a lot of fun going on downtown today in the city of Merced. Hope to see people down there. And then, of course, after the parade, I believe the parade starts at three. So get there early, and um, they're going to have Santa. Hot chocolate, all kinds of fun stuff. Pictures with Santa and that sort of thing. So we are here in uh, Studio C, Santa Studio C. That's right. And again, it's uh, into December. I don't know what the schedule holds. We uh, have some time off coming. Oh, when Christmas is coming up, then the first of the year. Roger, we're going to start recording two shows a week next week. Oh, man. pray for me. No, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of work. Here in the next few weeks, we'll try to get some guests in. You know, a lot of people take time off this time of year. and It's hard to believe it's the end of the year. You know, if you're at the county, you got to use that uh, that mandatory, uh, you know, vacation and sick pay. Get that cashed in. Get those forms filled out. You know, the unused sick pay. Everybody gets that, don't they? This listing? Don't you get that at your work? I don't. I'm still waiting for that here. But no, the county, they have some very, uh, very generous uh benefit packages over there but not so much for the sheriffs because let me tell you there's some big problems let's get right into it the big show uh, so many things if you didn't hear a uh, little segue here if you didn't hear last week or this morning 6 a.m hour which we uh, did a repeat of last week's 8 a.m show which was a best of because again it was thanksgiving okay i get some time off i get a chance to get out of here and so i was going through the archives and i was actually trying to put uh I was actually trying to pull up the sheriff's last interview, Sheriff Vern Warnke is who I'm talking about, where he came in, uh, I don't even think it was a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, and I ran across the uh, audio file for an interview I had with not only Sheriff Vern Warnke when he was just two years, barely two years in office, but also former District Attorney Larry Morse, who uh, I thought it was a great posthumous interview 
uh, replay. Uh, Larry is uh, missed in this community, to say the least. And hearing him opine on some of the things that were going on in the courts, in the uh, legislature, in the criminal justice system, and the concern about how that would affect uh, life, really the quality of life, uh, was uh, really insightful. Because that interview was done in 2016, in October, which uh, if you go by my MCOE map, that was a long time ago, about seven years. Larry hasn't been with us for a while, and uh, again, he's, he's really missed. He was a great friend of the show, never afraid to come on, always spoke from the heart, told it uh, just like it was, just like our sheriff currently does. But again, I came across that interview, and I thought it would uh, really be interesting uh, for the folks. What happened to the board? Somebody had to... Anyway, uh, in the said Sunstar, which uh, again, uh, amazing, coming to some of the coverage they've uh, given this issue, I didn't know they had any reporters left in town, but uh, again, I guess you can watch stuff on TV. Merced County Sheriff says agency faces staffing shortage. This is our sheriff going before the Board of Supervisors, who I believe three are up for election this year. Three of the five. Uh, would that not be a majority? I believe it would. So again, the uh, face of the Board of Supervisors could change, and maybe, maybe it should. Based on what I'm reading here, it's not getting any better. Especially when you think of the interview that played from 2016. In which the same problems were evident then and now are magnified. Let me read from the article. Merced County Sheriff Vern Warnke said, It's getting kind of scary regarding the challenges that the sheriff's office is facing with the pressing need for more deputies. Warnke, ringing the alarm, provided the update on staffing and operations during the Merced County Board of Supervisors meeting. This went on this past week. Warnke said the state of the sheriff's office is dire, adding that the sheriff's office is losing staff to agencies in neighboring counties that can offer law enforcement officers better pay as well as better benefits packages. The sheriff said, we have people leaving who are absolutely dedicated to wear this brand because they don't see the light at the end of our tunnel. And again, the, uh, the loss of institutional knowledge is irreplaceable in some of these instances. And again, you, you can't blame these folks for trying to better their lives, especially with inflation, the cost of health care, groceries. I don't have to tell you, we talk about it all the time. These folks are no different. And again, it's a, a thankless job. Uh, very rarely do you get the compliment. You're usually getting the criticism. And so when they talk about seeing no light at the end of the tunnel, that's because the Board of Supervisors has tunnel vision. They can't see clearly. They can't see the forest for the trees. And maybe we need a new vision on the Board of Supervisors. Again, a majority of the board could act and make public safety a priority, which it should be. Again, I don't understand why public safety doesn't get the attention that it needs, whether it be police or fire. Fire here in the city of Merced has gotten some wonderful opportunities with grant money to hire new personnel and that sort of thing. The county is, is in a different position. It's a much bigger area. 
we've talked for years about having some sort of a, a fee, a, a parcel tax, a, a sales tax, something that's going to help the sheriff's department. Warnke said he has seen the impact that instances I read from the article. Warnke says he had see, has seen the impact that instances such as officers leaving have had on the morale of the deputies on staff. Warnke said he hopes the staff is not blaming the administration. He said our unions need to get in here and get on the ball to protect their rights. The sheriff shouldn't have to be up there pleading their case, but I do it. He said it's the sheriff's job to take care of the entire agency. Unless something changes, we're going to be hurting. And this is the crux of the matter. And it's uh, something that nobody wants to talk about. The elephant in the room, the union in the room. The organized labor negotiator in the room. It's a love triangle. It's a three-way relationship. They're betting and using the house money. They're going against the electeds. They're supporting the electeds in their political arms. The electeds are fearful of going against the unions, not any particular union, but any of them. They're afraid to go against any union because they know the ire of the rest of them will follow. And to their own detriment, because public safety unions, as the sheriff say, should be up there front and center at the board, at the dais, using their allotted three minutes, but instead they push administration up there because they don't want the ire from the fellow unions. You don't want the tree trimmers getting mad. You don't want the uh, maintenance workers getting mad. You don't want the, the, uh, the, the public work staff getting mad. Whatever alphabet, alphabet soup union they have, you don't want them getting mad at you because then they'll come for you. And so nobody says anything. We've got to get out of this segment. We'll continue after the break. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Hang in there. Be right back. Nobody loves me better than you. Oh, the way you make me feel. Couldn't do it without you, baby. So happy you're with me. Hey, welcome back. Saturday morning. That's right. Here we are. December 2nd. Get that Christmas shopping done. That's right. Santa is coming to town. And today, to Main Street. In downtown reset don't want to miss it hey let's get right back into it uh going on my rant here about uh public employee unions and the sheriff's uh, call for the uh, safety portion of public employee unions i call it a love triangle you know there's two people that always get hurt in a love triangle let me tell you it's never never ends up well uh just never ends up well you know, it may start out well but it never ends up well so here you have the public employee unions 
uh, getting their funding from the public employees who get their funding from the public. And uh, I get it. You know, I really do understand organized labor. I understand bargaining, collective bargaining, all those things. And I'm not saying there's not a need for it, but uh, we have to get our priorities straight, me amigos. We have to get our priorities straight. And the sheriff is sounding the alarm. He's been sounding the alarm. I, I ran into him at an event and I, I said, you know, kind of not trying to be disrespectful, but it's a broken record. We both sound like broken records. I'm, I'm always complaining about the crime, the vagrancy, our community completely deteriorating to third world conditions. And if you doubt me, walk along the creek, walk along our alleys, walk along our streets. And I'm not talking about the condition of the pavement. So the sheriff has sounded the alarm. I've sounded the alarm. And yet nothing happens. Nothing. Tunnel vision. No light at the end of the tunnel because of the tunnel vision. We have in our elected leaders. They're afraid. They're afraid of the unions. You know, when I ran for office a couple of times, and I lost every time, but you know, it was such a wonderful experience. The people I met, the, met, the diversity, the support of those that believed. And I actually had the endorsement of the Deputy Sheriff's Association when I ran for supervisor. They were like, you know, we never thought we'd endorse a guy like you, but you get it. You get public safety. And I did. And it wasn't because I had their endorsement. This is how I feel. They would never endorse a conservative. Because there's one party that predominantly is supported by public safety unions. And that they predominantly give their financial support to, which is public money. And now we're suffering because of it. And we have a sheriff pleading before the board, an impotent board that's afraid that they'll come after them. They'll walk the neighborhoods when it's election time. And they can organize. Believe me, they can, they can bury you. I found out what, what the firefighters union can do. Woo! Got that new edition of Photoshop. But we have to get our priorities straight. We've got to wake up and smell the, uh, well, can you smell it? Let me read from the article. According to Warnke, the sheriff's office currently has no active gang enforcement or proactive enforcement team due to having to move those deputies to patrol. The sheriff's office set team, the special enforcement team, the walking sequoias. We proudly talked to Sheriff Warnke about them on these airways in this studio. Not that long ago. Now, the sheriff's office set team is currently down to one deputy. The sheriff says, if we eliminate the set team, we got nobody to deal with our homeless, plain and simple. We also have nobody to deal with our illegal marijuana grows. We're getting in desperate times. Folks, I'm ringing the alarm. And something else he told all of those supervisors as they sit up there on the dais of the third floor at 2222 M Street. You all asked me for help about the homeless in your own districts. And yet you won't give me the help.
in the current situation, if the current situation continues, Warnke said, the sheriff's office could drop the number of patrol deputies to a total of six, leaving only three sheriff, <laughs> get this, leaving only three sheriff's office patrol vehicles with two deputies to a vehicle to cover roughly 2,000 square miles of Merced County. I think everyone would agree, and the sheriff said, that's unacceptable. Warnke said that if it reaches that state, it would leave one deputy working overnight covering an area of Merced County from Snelling to Atwater to El Nido. But hey, the libraries are open. And don't start getting on me about the libraries. I'm using it as an example. What are our priorities? We heard it from the Merced City Council Board, the last board, the last council. Their priorities were not public safety. It was housing trust funds. And what flag do we fly at Barb Hart Square? We need to get our priorities straight, my friends. The sheriff is sounding the alarm. He has more wisdom than any five of those people up there. Warnke said the state of staffing levels would also result in patrol deputies only responding to in-progress calls or felony calls for service with a suspect. Aside from that, deputies will not able, be able to respond. Adam Gray, he'd like to uh, make sure there's more gun control out there because, you know, it's uh, dangerous when you have a gun. We're going to talk about that later. But uh, now's the time to protect yourself because let me tell you, the sheriff's not going to be able to do it if you live in the unincorporated areas. And I don't know if anybody's called the police lately. It takes a while for them too. And don't get me started on the EMS services in this community. You talk about flipping a coin whether you're going to make it or not. Aside from that, deputies will not be able to respond. This could also result in deputies, detectives, excuse me, detectives. Now we've moved up a step. You know, the deputies are out there pushing the car around the mean streets of the county, trying to avoid the potholes. Then it goes to the detectives. This could also result in detectives not working reported property crimes unless those crimes are agriculture related. The sheriff's office also may have to eliminate the school resource officer positions. Well, that'll make the folks happy that think the uh, prison pipeline uh, begins with SROs. Warnke said there is also a danger that the sheriff's office would have to eliminate the position held by a deputy assigned to work with the Health and Human Service Agency investigating cases such as child abuse. So that deputy can be utilized in a street patrol position because, friends, that's where you need it. When you call 911, you want somebody to come because usually you need them. I've seen it firsthand. People really want you when they want you. Nowadays, it's popular to protest and march and stand up with your three to five minutes and, and call the department names. But let me tell you, when you call 911 and there's something going down, you need people then. And that's what we need to get our priorities straight. And we're not going to investigate property crimes. What is the basis of our country? 
our capitalist system, private property rights. Warnke said they're just burnt out. They're just tired. He's talking about dispatchers. They have four different, uh, four vacant dispatcher positions. The sheriff's office uh, faced a similar staffing shortage in 2015. This time it'll be worse. Warnke said he had a full contingency of detectives five years ago and the sheriff's office was fully staffed. Now he said, I need twice as many detectives as I've got. They're getting their butts handed to them regarding the amount of calls that they're on and homicides and just the violence. And they don't even have time to go after the property crimes. The shortage of deputies has even caused Warnke himself to respond to more and more calls due to the lack of available deputies. And he is a hands-on sheriff. He always has been since day one. Unit one. You don't want that guy pulling you over. Even though he's a very nice man. The shortages has, have, has led to lengthier response time as deputies are unable to break away from in-progress calls. And Warnke finishes up in this article. I think there's a potential for danger. I think there's a chance for our criminal element to grasp what's going on. And believe me, my friends, they're very adaptive. If you've never seen them modify a car to haul narcotics or something illegal or money, well, they're very adaptive, let's just say that. And uh, they know where the cops are and where they're not. Just like the graffiti artists in this town know where, uh, where, where graffiti abatement stands. Some council members see a story. They don't see vandalism. They don't see gang uh, signs. So again, it's all in our priorities, my friends. Again, I have nothing with public safety unions. If you're a member, wear it proud. Wear it loud. Make sure you only spend your money in union uh, sanctioned place. I no, Don't go to Walmart. Don't ever go to Walmart. Don't let me see you in Walmart. But anyway... Sheriff has it right. Our unions need to get in here and get on the ball to protect their rights. The sheriff shouldn't have to be up there pleading their case, but I do it. It's the sheriff's job to take care of the entire agency and also this county. Because as he said, his jurisdiction is under your feet if you're in Merced County. Even if you live in one of the six incorporated cities. And he's done things in the city of Merced, specifically District 2, and I say supervisoral District 2, which is Josh Pedroso's district, to help with problems of public nuisance and blight and homelessness and an unhoused or whatever, whatever term we're using now. The trash, the vagrancy, the environmental hazard. You know, I kind of wonder if the uh, Merced Yacht Club or the Bear Creek Yacht Club, excuse me. The Bear Creek Yacht Club has made uh, one of their members walk the plank yet, Jeremiah Gregans, who we read the article from the Merced County Times a few weeks ago, had a wonderful, uh, wonderful take on everything they've been doing for the past couple of years. Uh, he said, we've cleaned up years of neglect. I read from the article, this was back on November 9th of the last month. 2023 we've cleaned up years of neglect on the creek but it keeps coming back it's a continuous amount of trash it's like we are spinning our wheels and not gaining any ground you couple that with 
the lack of law enforcement because of inaction by the Board of Supervisors. I mean, they're the one that control the money. The sheriff's an elected position. He was elected by the people because of who he is, what he represents, how he runs his department, and it's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful department over there that he has. And it's just sad that he's not getting the support from the Board of Supervisors and the employee unions. And it just shows the dynamic there. It's really sad to see. I, uh, I don't think I'm calling out anything that nobody doesn't really know about, but they sure don't want to talk about it. And it affects you, my friends. It affects your private property rights. While you're gone, the sheriff should be on the job. And he should have the personnel to do the job. And the only way he can get it is from the purse strings of the Board of Supervisors. Everybody wants to ride on top of the fire truck, but when it's time to fund that fire truck or that police vehicle, well, not a lot of people see that, but that's what we need. Hard to believe we're out of time for the second segment. We'll get into other items. I mentioned Adam Gray he had a nice article in the Merced County Times. We'll, we'll cover that next segment. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Be right back. Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYLS. Hey, Saturday morning, December 2nd, 2023. Never uh, never forget what's coming up next uh, Thursday, the anniversary. December 7th, 1941, Pearl Harbor. It's amazing how far away that seems, but yet so close. Of course, 911, uh, 9/11 was considered the modern-day Pearl Harbor. Uh, just unbelievable what happened back there on December seventh, nineteen forty-one. Never forget. Never forget Remembrance Day, National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day next December seventh. Uh, we were going to talk a little bit about Adam Gray. He had an article in the Merced County Times. Let me see. Excuse me, because as you know, the elections are heating up. Election season is heating up. Matter of fact, in this week's Merced County Times, Anissa Fragoso threw her hat in the ring against Josh Pedroso. Where is that? I'll tell you what. I've got too much stuff here. Anyway, Anissa Fragoso is uh where is this week's oh here it is right here sorry sorry folks a lot of things that go on here in studio see i have to leave it uh, in good shape for dave so i can't can't get too spread out here uh in uh, this week's november 30th edition of the merced county times page five the editorial page 
Fergoso on the ballot for District 2 Supervisor, Anissa Fergoso, a local insurance agent and business advocate, has officially filed to be on the March 5th primary ballot. That's right. Now, remember, it's in March, my friends. It's not in June. No, no, no. We want to be a player on the national scene, so we changed our primary in presidential election years to March. Don't worry. It'll go back to June. (laughs) It's the most screwed up thing you ever heard of. Anyway, it's uh, March 5th. Uh, As a candidate for the District 2 seat on the Merced County Board of Supervisors, Fergoso heads up a farmer's insurance business located on Main Street, as well as leads the Merced County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce as its president. Fergoso is challenging incumbent supervisor Jay Pedrozo, who is seeking re-election for a second term. A second term. And you say, well, what did he do in his first term? You'll have to stop and ask him. Uh, He's really getting out there, though. Let me tell you, he feels the heat. The heat, baby. And uh, I can I can tell you who you're not going to get support from this year, Josh. Uh, it's not going to be the Hispanic Chamber of Con- Anyway, uh, she's out there running, and they had a little soiree, uh, the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, at the Merced Town Hall. Now, again, all these races are supposed to be nonpartisan. I'm not talking about the Adam Gray race, but the uh, supervisor's race. Uh, city council races, uh, even school board, stuff like that. But uh, wink, wink, it's not. It's not. It's about ideology. Let me read from Adam Gray as uh, addresses Merced Town Hall. As you know, uh, Adam Gray, arrogant Adam, I like to call him, he uh, feels he's deserved of the congressional seat now occupied by Congressman John Duarte, he feels that he was, uh, well, you know, he should have had it. He was so sure of himself before the election. Oh, my word. You you know, you conservatives, you think you're going to take that seat. There's no way. And then on election night, just like back in 2016, boy, that didn't work out well for a lot of folks. Anyway. Uh, didn't work out well for Adam the last time. So now he's coming. And let me tell you, the Democratic Party, which uh, supports Adam Gray, don't let him tell you anything different. You know, he'll try to paint himself anything but a, uh, a liberal Democrat. And the Democrat Party supports him full speed ahead because they know they need the numbers in Congress, which is where he wants to be. Now, I will tell you, it's a different uh, stage at the federal level than on the state level. And while he may have done something on the state level, and again, he'll tell you that he was kicked off of every committee, his party hated him because he was trying to stick up for the valley. Well, I don't know. He's still supported by the Democratic Party. And if he really feels that way, why not quit the party? Of course, then the money would stop. And well, they'll never do that. Congressional hopeful, I read from the the article, Congressional hopeful, this was in uh, November 16th edition of the Merced County Times election 2024 because it's, uh, well, it's coming up. Congressional hopeful Adam Gray appeared at a town hall meeting at the Multicultural Arts Center on November 7th where he answered questions from voters in anticipation of the upcoming 2024 victory, I mean, excuse me, election. The town hall was presented by the Merced Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and notable members in the community were in attendance. Now, notable Democrat, uh, including Merced City Council member Bertha Perez, Merced City School uh, District Board Trustee Priya Lacaretti, 
Merced County Supervisor Josh Pedroso, and of course Merced Mayor Matt Serrato made an appearance because it's uh, you know seen and be seen. Last year, Gray was defeated by John Duarte by less than 600 votes in the 2022 race for the 13th district seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. Next November, voters will be faced with the same choice between Duarte and Gray. And of course, he'll tell you, Gray, we'll tell you all sorts of things. Well, it's an off-year election. You know, Democrats didn't come out this year. Man, they're coming out. They're coming out for Joe, you know. So anyway, we'll see. Uh, Gray uh, kind of went on. What's uh, trendy for people? <laughs> I love, I love Gray. Uh, during the town hall, Gray, a former, a former elected member of the state assembly, frequents frequently referenced his time in the California legislature as an indicator of his ability to work with, in cooperation with those on the other side of the aisle to move things forward. He didn't shy away from criticizing the current class of representatives shunning party politics and describing Washington, D.C. as a circus. So right up there, he goes out up there in an adversarial position. And let me tell you, you play ball. If you haven't seen the voting record in Congress, all the Democrats line up. All the Democrats line up in a row, whether it be the Senate or the House of Representatives. So uh, to call it a circus, well, it it truly is, but it's a, a highly organized circus he talks uh, about congress i want to go back there with the same type of service that i gave this community for 10 years in the state legislature you mean no water the water board taking our livelihood away absolutely impotent leadership in trying to get that changed you know we met out here at the theater we marched up to washington we or uh, sacramento we stood on the steps what did that accomplish what did that accomplish other than they kicked you off some of the boards focus on he wants to uh, focus on getting things done focus on working with everyone not to yell and scream and make enemies but rather to collaborate and try to accomplish something i think that's what we deserve as a community and we do and we're getting that in john duarte there's no reason, he goes on, there's no reason we shouldn't have, man- oh, let's talk about gun control. I mentioned that in a couple of segments ago when we were talking about the sheriff and the sheriff's lack of being able to respond in a timely manner to your house, to your uh, property, if you have an issue going on and how maybe you need to be able to defend yourself. Gray remained, pro- the, there was a, a lack of ready. As we said, Priya Lacarity was there. She broached the topic of gun violence. As with many of the issues addressed, Gray remained proximal to the general Democrat sensibilities. Uh, I don't know who wrote this article, but a little, a little skewed. He said, there's no reason we shouldn't have mandatory registration across the country. There's no reason... We can't have some kind of reasonable assault weapons ban. Gray went on to say, we can have responsible gun ownership. Am I interested in creating a world where a family can't go duck hunting together because they go by, they can't go buy shotgun shells, they have to wait a month? No, that's not what we're talking about. But we need to have rules and guardrails. See, the Second Amendment isn't enough for Adam Gray. He feels that, well, again, 
proximal to the democratic line. Sensibilities, that's what they said. But we need to have rules and guardrails. That will make our family safer here and across the country. So Adam Gray thinks that by limiting gun ownership, your access to guns, the definition of an assault weapon, banning an assault weapon, you can't be trusted. The sheriff can't respond. But again, he knows better. He talks about the border. Uh, He said he questions Duarte's ability to effectively address immigration, citing a potential lack of trust from voters following Duarte's support for some more extreme Republican candidates. He said the reason I uh, successfully pushed policy through with my Republican colleagues in the state legislature is because I was authentic about it. He said uh, he insists that there was an achievable middle ground This idea that the security of our border and immigration reform are at odds is just total nonsense. We can have safe and secure border and also treat people with dignity and respect. Are we talking about the people that cross the border illegally in violation of law, treating them with dignity and respect? Because again, I love how people talk about rights, but nobody talks about responsibilities. It goes hand in hand. It's like law and order. The Democratic Party is an open border policy party. There have been more people come into the country by some estimates than the entire birth rate of the United States last year. Elections have consequences. For Adam Gray to even get a hint at the federal level would be detrimental, in my opinion. Gray attributed his loss in the previous election to a lack of Democrats turning up to the polls. He said, I want to have house parties in neighborhoods with 10 people, 15 people, your three neighbors. I want to engage with people who maybe are disappointed with politics and who feel like they can make a difference or who feel like they can't make a difference. And I want to get folks out to vote. So anyway, very, very uh, interesting that uh, he's going to try again, I think, as a lame duck, being out of it a couple of years now. But again, the party supports the party. They support who they support. They do not shy away. Very, very organized. And I hope that uh, similar supports coalesces around uh, John Duarte. He's done a lot of good things up there in Congress for the community, for the Valley. And again, there's going to be uh, some other elections. One of the other big uh, Big items in the news. Uh, Jesse Ornalis, Councilman Ornalis, a frequent uh, topic of this radio show and some of his decisions and insights on the city council announced he is not going to run for re-election. He currently uh, represents District 1. So that's going to be an open seat, as you know. It was he and Joel Knox. A uh, opponent of the Walmart Distribution Center years ago. I hope Joel doesn't run again, but uh, I don't know. Anybody can throw their hat in the ring. Heck, they let me. But we're out of time. I cannot believe how fast this, how fast this time together goes. And I've appreciated being with you here on this first week of December 2023. If you miss any of our shows, go to 1480kyos.com. 
they're all there the podcast banner we had to fix the link the widget whatever it's called but it works now and we'd love to have you visit listen to some of the old shows that show with Larry and Vern Larry Morse Vern Warnke back in 2016 Radio Gold and I know my voice sounds a little raspy now it sounded a lot better eight years ago (laughs) Uh, we gotta go my name's Casey Steed the voice of your valley we'll be back well hopefully next week on Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Bye-bye. I gotta wear shades. I gotta wear shades. I gotta wear shades.